just got back from painting with a twist. Oh, we're a little yes. wine drunk. <laughs> so oh, let's see how this goes. Oh, yeah. We probably should have taken another shot. Ooh, okay. Rewind. Pause. <laughs> Gonna go take a shot. All right. Oh, now we're back. Refresh. Yeah. I'm dying. I am too. I don't <laughs> think we should have taken that, but, you know, whatever. It's fine. We're good. All right. So, hi. This is Listen to Let's Get Spooky, a supernatural, paranormal, true crime podcast. I'm Lex. I'm Liss. What's Lisby. up? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's be with the... <laughs> Oh god. Okay. Oh god. Any any shways. Yeah. So we just got back with painting with a twist. Um it was super fun. It was. It was really fun. All right. Well, let's get into it. Do you want to go first this time? Sure thing. Okay. So, I'm going to start with a ghost story. This is a story of the Queen Mary. Ooh. Have you guys heard of that ship? I've no. heard of it. Nope. Yeah. I know it's no. okay. real it's haunted. Awesome. All right. So we'll start with history and then we'll get into the hauntings and stuff. So the Queen Mary is a retired British ocean liner that sailed on the North Atlantic Ocean from May 1936 to 1967 for the Cunard Line. It was built by John Brown in Clydebank, Scotland. It was named after Mary of Trek, who was the wife of King George V, and the name of the ship was kept a secret until the launch. Originally, the ship's name was going to be named Victoria because Cunard Line usually had their ships end in IA. Oh, I thought thought you were coming in to talk. (laughs) I was like, will you say something? No, it sounds like you're saying C word. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. Cunard. 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 Yes, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I don't know where to start from now. No, I'm sorry I interrupted. Um. Um, Cunard Line usually named their ships with an ending in IA, but for whatever reason, they decided on Mary. Hmm. So work began, but then was halted in December of 1931 due to the Great Depression until Cunard was granted a loan to complete the ship along with a sister ship, which was named Queen Elizabeth. Um, The complete construction took about three and a half years and cost 3.5 million pounds, which today would be 217.4 million pounds, which is $284.6 million. And in the 1930s would be $19.5 million. Holy moly. Yes, she was expansive. Um, She was awarded the title of fastest ship across the North Atlantic, achieving about 32.8 knots from 1938 to 1952, so 14 years she held that. And the Queen Mary was originally built as a weekly express service between Southampton, England, Cherbourg, France, and New York. Uh, Featured on board were two swimming pools, two cocktail bars, beauty salons, libraries, children's nurseries for each of the three classes, a lecture hall, tennis courts. Um, I think there were about five dining rooms, and there was one large main dining room that spanned three stories. It's deep. a big ship. In... <laughs> <laughs> yeah? <laughs> All right. Anyways, let's see where I was at. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, in 1940, 
Queen Mary was converted into a troop ship during World War II in order to carry soldiers from Australia and New Zealand to the United Kingdom. During the war, Queen Mary carried Winston Churchill for meetings with Allied forces. She became known as the Grey Ghost because of her grey coloring and great speed. In July of 1943, she carried a total of 16,683 passengers, which was the most ever transported on one vessel. During this trip, she was hit by a wave that reached a height of 92 feet. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, They later calculated it, and the ship rolled 52 degrees, and if she rolled another 3 degrees, it would have capsized. Oh my god. Yeah. So very close to just I don't going know, under. Waves to could be go that, that high. I guess <laughs> Out in, in the, the middle of the, the ocean. Big blue. It's insane. That's crazy. That's uh, huge. Yeah, ninety-two feet. Yeah. Holy crap! And could you imagine being on board no, and like you, the whole boat like rotates fifty-two yeah. degrees? <laughs> no, that's like ten of you guys <laughs> stacked together. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's a lot of us. <laughs> a lot of meatballs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so after the war, she returned to her original passenger express service. And during the late 1950s and early 1960s, air travel became prevalent and traveling by ship was losing steam. Oh, oh my gosh, how funny. <laughs> oh, thank you. I was hoping you guys would catch that one. <laughs> well, I could tell by <laughs> I told you I needed to nudge you guys because I, I was just, I was cracking yeah. myself up when I was writing these. Underneath in a bullet, I have a lack of interest, but I thought losing steam was very nice to add into there. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. Queen Mary was retired from service in 1967 and sold to Long Beach, California. Her last crossing to Long Beach was her 1,000th trip. And during her reign, she totaled 3,792,227 miles and carried 2,112,000 passengers. Um, When she docked in Long Beach, she was converted into a museum and a hotel. And at one point, she was owned by Disney. And they had plans to create a resort and theme park around it known as Disney Sea. But these plans fell through and... And I think they just had Disneyland in California instead. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's crazy. But that's all I got for history. So we'll get into some of the known hauntings on the ship. Yay. The spooky stuff. So starting with the hauntings, one of the known ghosts aboard is a little girl named Jackie who haunts the second class pool. It was reported that she was around five or six at the time, and some reports say they don't know her origin but some say that she was on board and she drowned in the pool um people have said they hear her splashing and calling out for her parents she is known to respond to questions when asked um often heard singing and laughing and there's actually um people have said there's another little girl named sarah who guards jackie and will also play with her oh Ghost friends. No. (laughs) You need a couple. Little ghost kids are the creepiest. Like, I would rather be haunted by an old creepy dude than a kid. Well, Jackie is said to be really friendly, and they say that sometimes Sarah can be aggressive. Ooh. I think if they're 
you know, being maybe mean to Jackie because it says that uh, she guards her. So that oh. could be why. Um, so another one is John Henry, who worked in the boiler room, and his remains were found in the area outside of the green room, which was adjacent to the boiler room. Um, now he has been seen as a shadowy figure that lurks in the boiler room. He's also been seen to look down into, they have a hole in the ceiling in the green room. So he's known to like have your, his face looking down into the hole in the ceiling and then he'll like dart around. No. Yes. Oh, and no. if there are women who are touring and going into the boiler room, he does not like women in there. Ugh. And some say it's because women didn't work there during times of operation. And um, some also say it's because it's not a, it wasn't a very safe place to be working, so he doesn't like when women are in there. Oh, so he's just being nice. Yeah. I thought he was being, like, sexist. Like, no. <laughs> this is no place for a woman. No, nah, he's just trying to protect him. Oh, that's nice. Um, the next one is a guy named William Eric Stark. He was a senior second officer in 1949. Um, he accidentally drank dry cleaning fluid by mistaking it for gin because oh, it was in a gin bottle. That's how oh, Katie's going to die. No. He, yeah, he fell into a coma and then passed. Oh my goodness. So he's been seen around. around. The next one is Grumpy the Growling Ghost. Grumpy? Yes. He's named this because of his habit of growling at people. He usually resides in the room under the stairs in the first class swimming pool. Um, he's been heard in the boiler room and also in the hallways leading to the pool. They said they don't know why he growls, but some <laughs> believe it's because he's just trying to be scary as a joke. Oh. <laughs> so he's just trying to like growl at them to get them scared. That's me as a ghost. I'd be like, <laughs> boo! Grr. Right. <laughs> just try extra hard, like not knowing your actual, just like you being there is creepy. You're like, what What can I do that's scary? Oh. Rawr. <laughs> okay. The next one is a man named John Ped- Pedder. Pedder, I believe. I don't know. Um, he's also known as Half Hatch Harry. He was crushed in a shaft alley at door number 13. Um, some say he was late getting to the door and he tried to make it through but failed. Oh my god. And they also say that he was playing chicken with other crew members and <laughs> get crushed by trying to go in there oh my or god. trying to go through the, the door. Um, he's known to leave greasy handprints in the areas that he roams. The next ghost is a young woman named Dana. She was murdered along with her family in room B-474. Her little sister and mother were strangled on the bed, and oh. she was shot in the bathroom. Oh, um, and Yeah, and the boat, like, when they stayed in the stateroom. And her father was the suspect of the murder. Um, she usually can be seen playing in the cargo area and can be heard calling for her mother. Oh. Um, there's another one who is known as Fedora Dude. He is... Fedora Dude? Yeah, Fedora Dude. That's <laughs> what <laughs> so I said. Um, <laughs> listen, the internet tells me it's these things. Place. And then I just talk about it. <laughs> I just thought it was funny because it's all like Victorian age stuff. The Fedora Dude. The Fedora Dude. Yeah, so... He is seen as an extremely tall man who wears a yellow fedora and is dressed in a zoot suit. His uh. eyes are yellow and his teeth are rotten. Oh. One report said that 
a couple of them were walking around at 3.30 a.m. And he passed close to them with the creepiest grin they've ever seen. Oh, no. He then walked around the corner and down the hall. And when they reached the hallway, he could be seen walking slowly down the hall with one hand in his pocket. Then he turned and smirked at them and then continued walking and disappeared. Oh, no. That gave me chills. That's creepy. Yeah. Yeah. This one is a little funny. This is the ghost cats. Uh-huh. They can be heard uh-huh. meowing in the first and third class women's changing rooms. Um, one was seen walking out to the entrance of the room and then back in and meowed and then proceeded to go back out. That actually might creep me out more than like the people. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> Not what, what is this cat? Animals. Yeah. Okay. And so the most haunted room on the ship is stateroom B340. It was said that a man went crazy and brutally murdered two women. Oh. His crimes were discovered, and he was locked in his third-class stateroom. The door was locked, and a guard was posted outside. And a little while later, he started pounding on the door, saying someone was in there with him, trying to kill him. Mm. The guard ignored him, thinking it was a ruse to escape. And after a while, the passenger quieted down, and the guard figured he went to sleep. And then the next day... When the ship arrived in New York, the crew summoned NYPD detectives and they went to apprehend him. When they opened the door to the stateroom, they found that the man had been ripped apart and his entrails and limbs were spread all over the room. Oh my god. Yeah. Like, horrible. Um, There was no way that he could have done this himself. And upon the next sailing, there were paranormal reports coming from that room. I don't want to go in there. No. You can. You can go in there now. Oh, It'll just cost you $500 a night. Okay, that's too much for me to want to cry. So when it was docked in Long Beach in 1967, the three third-class staterooms, so like the one that he was in and like two other ones, they were combined into a larger guest room, which is now known as B340. And reports are still continued with paranormal activity. And by the 1980s, it was closed to booking because guests would leave in the middle of the night because they couldn't stay there. Oh, my God. Mm-mm. But now it's back to where you can book the room. So. No. <laughs> no, what are they doing? <laughs> so some of the things that people have um, witnessed, one said there's a voice that can be heard in the room and is said to be of a man named Walter, which might be the name of the guy who murdered the women and then died in there. I'm not sure. Um, There was an EVP that was captured with a raspy voice replying yes after asking, Walter, are you with me? Um, Another one was a disembodied disembodied voice yelling, get out. There have been reports of lights turning on and off, the phone ringing with nobody there. (laughs) The hash thinking flasher. That is the best episode, you're right. That is the best, yeah. That was my favorite SpongeBob episode. You're right. I had to put it in there. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The phone will ring. And there'll be nobody there. So great. Um, There's also been knocking on the door in the middle of the night, and nobody's on the other side. Faucets will turn on by themselves. Furniture will be moved. Sheets ripped off from the bed. And hangers will rattle with no wind. Oh, I don't like that. And that's all I got for that one. So that is the story of the Queen Mary. Oh my god. Oh no. Nope. 
I do want to go and visit. No, see, I'd like to go somewhere, but I think I would just like shit myself the whole time, and then I'd be like, "Oh my god, I hear scream!" Like that I would just me, hallucinate. Like, or when I went to Nola and we did the ghost tour, I was freaking out the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> see, I don't need to stay in that stateroom, but like I could go like to the door and like take pictures, mm-hmm. and then get the tour of going around to the different yeah. areas and. Yeah. And this is why I don't won't cruise either. I love cruises. They are my favorite things in the world. Just like that guy that just like, oh, you're a murderer. Let me lock you in a room while we like get you. Like, I don't know. God. One and done. (laughs) Yeah. You guys just went on a bad one. I'm telling you, you got to go on a good one with some good people and have a good time. They're awesome. I wish I could cruise like every single day. (laughs) Really? Why don't you get a job on a cruise line? Just. I don't want to work there. I just want to. Oh. I just want to lounge <laughs> and drink. Yeah, the the crew rooms too are like itty bit. They're like yeah, closets. they're super small. Oh no! Oh yo yo! What? All right, let's talk murder. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, no. God, <laughs> there's been a murder in Savannah. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> this is one of my favorite murder stories. It actually takes place in Michigan, kind of like the guys from Michigan. Um, mm, so it's about John List. Nope. No. Nope. Okay. So John List was born in Bay City, Michigan. He was the only child of German American parents. And like his father, he was a devout Lutheran and a Sunday school teacher. In 1943, he enlisted in the Army and served in the infantry as a lab technician during World War II. After his discharge in 1946, he enrolled at U of M in Ann Arbor, where he earned a bachelor's in in business and a master's degree in accounting. In November 1950, as the Korean War escalated, List was recalled to active military service. Um, That is where he met his wife. Well, he met Helen Morris Taylor, the widow of an infantry officer killed in action in Korea who lived nearby with her daughter, Brenda. John and Helen married on December 1st, 1951 in Baltimore, and the family moved to Northern California, where List served as an army accountant. After completing his second tour, he worked for an accounting firm in Detroit and then an audit supervisor at a paper company in Kalamazoo. Dunder Mifflin? Yeah. in Kalamazoo is where their three children were born. Oh, hey. What's up, Keizu? <laughs> <laughs> uh, by 1959, List had risen to general supervisor of the company's accounting department, but Helen, who was an alcoholic, became increasingly unstable. In 1960, Brenda, which was just Helen's daughter, married and left the household, and then List moved with the rest of the family to Rochester, New York, to take a job with Xerox. There, he eventually became the director of accounting. In 1965, he accepted a position as vice president and comptroller at a bank in Jersey City, New Jersey, and moved his wife, children, and mother to Breeznoll, which is the street. Um, It was a 19-room Victorian mansion in Westfield, New Jersey, and it included a gigantic ballroom. Um, investigations later revealed that he had been suffering from financial problems to hopping around jobs 
uh, heavy expenses related to his fancy house, and family problems caused by his wife's mental illness, which was brought on by advanced syphilis and alcoholism. The family was reclusive and rarely socialized with their neighbors. On November 9th, 1971, John List had told the children's school they would be going on a family trip to visit Helen's mother in North Carolina. All mail and milk delivery was stopped as well. Neighbors noticed that all of the mansion's lights were illuminated day and night with no apparent activity within. This went on for about a month. Finally, the lights began to go out one by one. Patricia's drama teacher decided that he had had enough of not knowing what the hell was going on. Patricia. Oh, I didn't even give the kids names. Patricia was the oldest daughter. There was Patricia, John List Jr., and Frederick. So Patricia's drama teacher decided he had enough of not knowing what was going on and decided to pay the family a visit. Thinking the house was being robbed, the stupid <laughs> stupid <laughs> teacher. <laughs> Thinking the house was being robbed by the drama teacher, a nosy neighbor rang the police. When the police got to the house and discovered that that the guy was actually trying to find out what was going on with the family, the police decided to break in. The second they opened the window, a smell hit them that no. they immediately oh, recognized. No. And they figured it was a little bit late for the family. The two officers entered the house and followed the music around the house, which was playing over an intercom system. Wow. Um, They followed it into the ballroom. And when they passed through the kitchen, they had to step over piles of clothes in the middle of the floor. When they looked through the clothes, they noticed it appeared there was dried blood smeared everywhere. And it became apparent that the pile of clothes was actually pieces of... um, like bot, like no, body and no. tissue. Ew. Oh my god! Stop. Um, when they be when they went into the ballroom, they saw four bodies laid out on the floor, each with a cloth over their face, Ugh. and they were on top of sleeping bags. Each had been shot in the back of the head, and oh then John Junior uh, had a few more bullets. In the upstairs kitchen, they found another piece of rotten flesh, and that was. Uh, Alma List, which was John List's mother, who was living upstairs. Um, Poor mom. She had been shot through the head, just above her eye. She was also covered with a piece of cloth. Um, <laughs> the house had given up all the secrets. The cops found uh, a note addressed to the finder. It told of where certain documents could be found that would explain the scene in the house. These documents were written by John List, the missing husband. One was to his employer telling them how they could win new clients and finish a few files that he had been working on prior to his disappearance. Mm-hmm. Others were to the members of the List family, and then those are what why he said why he did what he did. Holy shiitake mushrooms. Yeah. They also found a five-page letter he wrote to his pastor on the desk in a study. He wrote he saw too much evil in the world and he had killed his family to save their souls and that he had gotten down and prayed after each one that he killed. Oh, my God. It also stated that his mother was dead in the attic, but he couldn't bring her downstairs because she was too fat. Oh, oh, how mean. (laughs) So the police had no idea where he had gone and he obviously had a month to get away. A nationwide manhunt began. The bank accounts were all closed that same day as well, and all the letters stating the family's absence were sent out by John. Uh, Police investigated hundreds of leads without success. All reliable photographs of lists had been destroyed. The drama teacher in the investigation stated that Patricia told him, if we go on a family vacation, my dad actually killed us all. So she 
knew oh. something like that her dad was having like a mental break or something. Oh, wow. So that's, that's really kind of what sad. set off the drama teacher to be worried oh, about it. Right. Well, smart. Uh, the family car was found parked at John F. Kennedy Airport in New York, but there was no evidence that he actually went on a flight. And then Alma's body was flown to Frankenmuth, Michigan to be buried. And then um, Helen and her three children were buried at Fairview Cemetery in Westfield. Years went by with nothing. In 1989, America's Most Wanted debuted. The authorities approached the producers of the show because many fugitives have been captured due to the viewers' telephone calls. It was the oldest case they ever featured. The television program included an age-rendered clay bust, which looked very similar to List, even though he had been missing for 18 years. The man who created the bust of the aging fugitive was forensic artist Frank Bender. Bender had previously had great successes in capturing other aging fugitives and identifying decomposed bodies by creating the sculptures. That's actually really cool. Yeah. And then, like, I googled the his work, and it's, like, identical. Like, he did, like, so well. Um, Bender's work was part art and part forensic science. To imagine what an aging list would look like, he consulted a forensic psychologist and created a psychological profile of the man. He looked at photos of List's parents and predicted what he would look like as he aged. Ooh, I love that. I love when they do that. Yeah. He gave him a receding hairline, sagging jaws. Bender was particularly lauded for one final touch he added to complete his artwork, and it was a pair of glasses. He professed that Liss would not be vain enough to wear contact lenses. However, he said Liss would have worn a pair of glasses different than the ones he was wearing when he did the murder. He said it would be a pair with dark, thick frames. Bender and the psychologist theorized that Liss would do this to hide it in a sense. He would want to disguise the fact he was a failure and appear more important than he really was. When Liss was arrested, he was wearing the exact type of glasses. Wow, that's so cool. On June 1st, 1989, 11 days after the case was broadcasted on America's Most Wanted, List was arrested while living under the pseudonym Robert Bob Peter Clark, a name he adopted off one of his college classmates, who later strangely stated that he never even knew of John List. He was identified by a friend who had seen the television feature. In the 18 years since List committed his crimes, he had been living in Denver, Colorado, and Virginia. He remarried and started a new life and a career as an accountant. On April 12, 1990, he was convicted in a New Jersey court of five counts of first-degree murder, and on May 1st was sentenced to five full life terms in prison. He never expressed any remorse for his crimes, even during interviews and that kind of stuff, and he said he believes he still will go to heaven. His account of the murders goes like this. While his children were at school, Liz shot his wife, Helen, 46, in the back of the head, and his mother, Alma, 84, above the left eye. As his daughter, Patricia, who was 16, and younger son, Frederick, 13, arrived home from school, he shot each of them in the back of the head. After making himself lunch, that's when he drove to the bank to close his own account and his mother's bank accounts, and then he went to Westfield High School to watch his older son, John Jr., play a soccer game. What kind of sicko is this? Yeah. He drove the boy home, then shot him repeatedly in the chest and the face, which everyone kind of thinks is strange because everyone else he just shot once. Yeah, why did he shoot him so many times? They think since he was John Jr., he had, like, the most, like, connection to him and that he, like, since he felt like a failure, he was just kind of, like, taking it out on him. Um, He then placed the bodies of his wife and children on sleeping bags in the mansion's ballroom. 
Like it stated, he left his mother's body in the attic. He then cleaned up the crime scenes as best as he could, and then he went through every picture of the house and cut his face out and then burned the little the cutouts of his face. So that's why the police couldn't find like oh, God. a photo of oh, him. Oh, my God. Um, he then turned the radio to a religious music station and put it over the home's PA system and departed. List died from complications of pneumonia at age 82 on March 21st, 2008, while in prison. In announcing his death, um, the newspapers referred to him as the boogeyman of Westfield. No one really claimed his body, and now it's just saying it was buried in Frankenmuth by his mom. Wow. Um, and he is, like, one of the first classifications as a family annihilator because you have like mass murder serial killer so like it's family annihilator and then it's parasite which is when the parents kill the kids and oh wow yeah and that's john west wow and yeah i always get really fascinated with it that like he just like oh this is the best like he all that interviews and stuff he's like this was the best option for them that's how they were gonna go to heaven they couldn't stay here and like he's just like genuinely convinced that like that mental state that he was in yeah so crazy to think about um so i've been staying at my parents house and it's it's like uh, the street has like five houses on it and there's this family next door and it's like a father like mother and then the two kids and like i wake up at six every morning and walk beans and then i walk them at night too and this like couple weeks ago the lights like a bunch of lights were on and it would be the same ones every single night, like the same, and this, every single morning. And I'd look and there's like no one in there. And that's all I could think about. I was like, oh my God, what if they're this all is the dead. same thing? And they're all dead and I'm just like walking by every the single day. Way. And I was like, oh, maybe I should go up to the window. And then they came home and they were just on vacation and like <laughs> left oh, the lights on. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. But like they left them on in like the creek, like it just like the upstairs one that lit up the whole like it was just really creepy so i don't know i just like the story a lot and i like that he like cut his face out of the photos and thought of i don't know yeah i mean i guess that's like kind of like i don't know if he was thinking like oh if i do this then maybe they won't be able to find me because they don't know what i look like it's weird to like wrap your head around like that he was thinking about that the whole time And, well, he, I think he said, like, oh, I was being, like, reborn, like, the letter and stuff was, like, oh, I was, like, being reborn. And the fact that he, like, remarried and, like, had a family. Yeah. And this source said his friend noticed it was him, but someone else said his wife was, like, sitting there and was, like, oh, that looks like, like, they were watching, oh, that looks like you, or, like. Oh, God, that's creepy. Yeah. That's so creepy. Can you imagine being her, like, I would be freaking out. Yeah. I'd be, like, um, I'm gonna go, um, call my mother and go stay with her for a little bit. (laughs) Let me see if I can I'll see you later. Science is so interesting to me, though. Like, that Bender guy, like, that's really cool. Yeah, that's another thing that's cool about it is, like, how did this get made? I just, I love it when people are able to do things like that. Like, I didn't recreate the decomposing thing. I didn't know that people did that. Yeah, so that if they need to identify, like, I think the bodies and stuff. Body. Let me see if I, I mean, because you can probably image. get the structure from, like, the skeleton. Oh, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. never Clay bust. Let me see. Yeah, that's, like, really cool to me. Oh my god, yeah, I already pulled it up. It's, like, identical. Though. What really? You... Yeah. Fuck, it's weird. So this is the clay bust. Oh my god. Oh, wow. That's, then... like, that's amazing. It looks him. just like him. Oh, go back now. Oh my god. That's crazy. 
And he got. That is amazing that people can do such like yeah that crazy. Yeah, like even the like the hairline. Yeah. Like yeah, how they, did they he are, know? Like, right next <gasps> to each other. How did he know that his hair was gonna be gone? The and how did he know he really what kind of his nose? That's yeah. it. Yeah. And how did he know what kind of glasses he was gonna That's be wearing? Cool. Yeah. That's like really the cool. psychology. Yeah, the like psychology. Here's what he like looked it. like before he died. Did you ever watch Courage the Cowardly Dog? Yes. Do you remember that thing that had like the random return the smoke? That's what it looked like with the random oh hair. Oh my god! Like, oh yes. Ew, that's freaky. Yeah. That that um episode really freaky. Family. Oh my goodness. And a lot of it too. They said because his wife was like emotionally abusive. Like he snapped too because she was like really abusive. To him? Yeah. Oh wow! wow so, yeah. You never know. Yeah, I'm sorry. You really don't. I swear, it's always when someone's abused, then they just turn yeah. and... I mean, I can only imagine. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening to Listen Like Flex Get Spooky. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Get Spooky Pod. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll catch you in the next episode.